Today on the Ward Preacher Podcast, 116 pages, the desires to serve God, and witnesses of the Book of Mormon. I'm Brett Jensen, and this is the Ward Preacher Podcast. Uh, today, our Come Follow Me material will take us for this coming week into sections 3 through 5 of the Doctrine and Covenants. And uh, let's do them in this order. Um, the first section is in the context of a, a, a manuscript, manuscript of 116 pages. Joseph Smith had been working on the translation of the Book of Mormon and had produced a manuscript that represented a substantial amount of work. Martin Harris, who was doing a lot to fund the project, was feeling pressure to prove that he wasn't being scammed by Joseph Smith, and he wished to borrow the pages to prove that they were accomplishing real work. Now, Joseph had charge of the plates and the manuscript, and he knew very well that sharing things with others could be a dangerous business. Not everyone who receives the message is a friend. But Joseph also felt some desire to help Martin Harris, who was making a vital contribution with his financial support. Um, in spite of receiving a no answer from the Lord, Joseph agreed to ask the same question a few more times until the Lord finally gave him an answer that uh, Martin Harris wanted, but not really what he needed. Um, the Lord said, if you're going to do it, then he can only show it to a few select individuals, and he has to take care of them. Uh, Martin Harris made a promise to do this, but the promise was quickly broken. It was shown to other people, and before long, the pages went missing. And not only this, a trap was set. There really was a conspiracy to attack Joseph's ability to translate, something that the Lord saw that neither Joseph nor Martin Harris really could understand when they asked the question to begin with. Um, and it's worth noting, this is something that is still being attempted to do. Uh, Antis still try to attack Joseph's ability to translate, but they don't have the benefit of an original manuscript that they can uh, uh, alter themselves to then say that he's inconsistent. They do other things like uh, misrepresent what translation is, as they talk about uh, some of the Joseph Smith translation or the Book of Abraham or they don't have the original source material, but they say something else is the source material. Definitely what they claim about uh, the Book of Abraham, which is totally false. Um, but it is important to note, there are real enemies that are just waiting for things to happen so that they can discredit and attack the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And this isn't new to this dispensation. This has been the case all along uh, with Moses, with the kingdom of Israel, 
It goes all the way back to the beginning with Adam. Now, after being in this situation, Joseph Smith received a humiliating revelation that is published. And I think that's kind of uh, important. This shows something about the character of Joseph Smith. Let's do some reading. Uh, this is section three, verses three through eight. Remember, remember that it is not the work of God that is frustrated, but the work of men. For although a man may have many revelations and have power to do many mighty works, yet if he boasts in his own strength and sets at naught the counsels of God and follows the, after the dictates of his own will and carnal desires, he must fall and incur the vengeance of a just God upon him. Behold, you have been entrusted with these things, but how strict were your commandments. And remember also the promises which were made to you, if you did not transgress them. And behold, how oft you have transgressed the commandments and the laws of God, and have gone on in the persuasions of men. For behold, you should not have feared man more than God. Although men set at naught the counsels of God and despise his words, yet you should have been faithful, and he would have extended his arm and supported you against all the fiery darts of the adversary, and he would have been with you in every time of trouble. All right, so he had his answer. He needed to follow the Lord no matter what other people thought. And this would be an important lesson, particularly when other men begin to pressure him about other matters. Uh, Joseph Smith was going to receive a lot of knowledge, and who and how and what should be done needed to be handled in a very careful way. There were a lot of people who would approach Joseph as friends when they were enemies, seeking to destroy him. The answer for Joseph, I think this is important, it's the answer for all who have trusted at some time or other men over God, who've put the commandment to love their neighbor as their self above the commandment to love the Lord their, their God with all of their heart, might, mind, and strength. And the answer is repent. Here we have in verse 10, but remember God is merciful, therefore repent of that which thou hast done, which is contrary to the commandment which I gave you, and thou art still chosen, and art again called to the work. So things that have been lost can be restored. The Lord is merciful, but you do have to trust in his wisdom. If you're signing up for that, you have to believe it. You have to believe it enough that you'll do it. The Lord foresaw that this would happen. They certainly, as, as the Lord indicated, they weren't going to stop him from doing what he needed to be done. They had a very clever plan uh, to conspire against and attack Joseph's ability to translate, but the Lord knew exactly what would happen. Um, and the plates of Nephi were included by Mormon to cover some of the things that had been lost. And that's really important, that the Lord knows what he's doing. 
is much better if we trust in the Lord to begin with. Doing what's right may not always be easy, but in the end, you'll be in the position of having done what's right, which is a lot easier than trying to justify what's wrong before God who sees and knows all. All right. Section 4, Desires to Serve God. Section 4 is typically used by missionaries, but it was given to Joseph Smith Sr. Um, let's read this section. Now behold, the marvelous work is about to come forth among the children of men. Therefore, O ye that embark in the service of God, see that ye serve him with all your heart, might, mind, and strength, that ye may stand blameless before God at the last day. Therefore, if ye have desires to serve God, ye are called to the work. For behold, the field is white, all ready to harvest. And lo, he that thrusteth in his sickle with his might, the same layeth up in store, that he perisheth not, but bringeth salvation to his soul. And faith, hope, charity, and love, with an eye single to the glory of God, qualify him for the work. Remember, faith Virtue, knowledge, temperance, patience, brotherly kindness, godliness, charity, humility, diligence. Ask, and ye shall receive. Knock, and it shall be opened unto you. Amen. What a great section. There's so much to do that if you want to do something, if you have desires to serve God, ye are called to the work. The field is white, all ready to harvest. This is incredibly important. It means you don't have to wait until you have the right calling or assignment to build the kingdom of God. You don't have to wait until the prophet says, now it's time to move to Jackson County. You definitely shouldn't wait until the Lord returns to get the necessary oil in your lamp to do the necessary work. What should you do? Faith, hope, charity, and love with an eye single to the glory of God, qualify a person for this work. In other words, God is looking for people with genuine faith, people who believe in him, and people who believe him, who think that what he and his prophets are saying is true. God is looking for these people who keep the two great commandments, to love God and to have charity for their fellow men. Divine attributes, humility, diligence, patience, godliness, these can be developed as we remember what kind of people we're supposed to be, and we ask and knock so that God can help us. Uh, all right, witnesses of the Book of Mormon. In the next section, section five, Let's start with a little bit of reading. And in addition to your testimony, the testimony of three of my servants whom I shall call and ordain, unto whom I will show these things, and they shall go forth with my words that are given through you. Yea, they shall know of a surety that these things are true, for from heaven will I declare it unto them. I will give them power that they may behold and view these things as they are. 
And to none else will I grant this power to receive this same testimony among this generation, in this the beginning of the rising up and coming forth of my church out of the wilderness, clear as the moon and fair as the sun, and terrible as an army with banners. And the testimony of three witnesses will I send forth of my word. All right. This is kind of important. The plates and the angels, they're not intended for everyone. Joseph had received explicit instructions to keep the plates hidden, um, except in a couple of very uh, exceptional circumstances where he was permitted to show them to other people. No one saw them. Um, And that's partly because the plates were not the prize. The book... That was the prize. That was the gift. That's what was for everyone. The Lord was arranging for these witnesses to testify of the translation. The plates, really in the eyes of the world, had intrinsic, perhaps historical value. But God really is not best served by enriching people with a bunch of physical gold or... um, the secular value of saying, guess what happened in ye old days? His priority is, as it has always been, a spiritual purpose. He's looking for you to change more than just your mind or the digits in your bank account. I mean, not that those things are unimportant, and you should be a good steward, and you should try and increase your knowledge. But the point of the Book of Mormon was to do more spiritually than what the plates was. And it could accomplish that for several reasons. First, it was in English, like it could be read. What's somebody going to do with something in a language that they had no ability to read? Oh, there they are. How do you, you're still in the same thing. How do you know that the translation is accurate? You wouldn't. You wouldn't, because you know nothing about that language. It still requires faith, in which case, why look at the plates? Second, it was also done to confirm that Joseph Smith was actually a prophet with divine power to those who were willing to read the book, to have the faith, to recognize the voice of Jesus Christ in it. His sheep know his voice. Those who truly follow Jesus recognize the doctrine of Jesus within the book. And the translation provides a mechanism whereby people can do that. Now, God knew that not everyone would accept the book. But just as Joseph was reprimanded for not accepting the will of God concerning items he had received, everyone puts themselves in danger of condemnation when they fail to properly use what God has given them. Here's a couple more verses, 18 and 19 in section 5. And their testimony shall go forth unto the condemnation of this generation, if they harden their hearts against them. For a desolating scourge shall go forth among the inhabitants of the earth, and shall continue to be poured out from time to time, if they repent not 
until the earth is empty and the inhabitants thereof are consumed away and utterly destroyed by the brightness of my coming. These are strong words from the Lord, but they describe perfectly that when you receive something from God, it's not just, uh, oh yeah, that, that was nice, thanks for that knowledge. You're expected to do something so that you and those around you can come to God. God has an ulterior motive, you might say, something that he prearranged with you, which was to help you to receive immortality and eternal life. It was to save you from all the pains and difficulties of, uh, of, uh, that come from not being the kind of person that you should be, from not doing what's right all the time. And when he gives you something, he expects you to come closer to him. Now, it is worth noting that this is not like a once-and-then-done uh, process. Every one of the three witnesses, Martin Harris, Oliver Cowdery, David Whitmer, they all had issues at various times in their lives. But none of them denied their testimony of what had happened, even under great pressure and at great personal cost. Section 5 outlines that knowledge and revelation from God is inseparably connected with commitment to follow this knowledge, even at great cost. You cannot receive answers to your questions without faith enough to obey the voice of the Lord when it comes to you. And there are forces at work to stop any witnesses. Here's some more reading, verses 30 through 33. And if this be the case, behold, I say unto thee, Joseph, when thou hast translated a few more pages, thou shalt stop for a season, even till I command thee again. Then thou mayest translate again. And except thou do this, behold, thou shalt have no more gift. And I will take away the things which I have entrusted with thee. And now because I foresee the lying in wait to destroy thee, Yea, I foresee that if my servant Martin Harris humbleth not himself and receive a witness from my hand, that he will fall into transgression. And there are many that lie in wait to destroy thee from off the face of the earth. And for this cause, that thy days may be prolonged, I have given unto thee these commandments. This is kind of important, that there are forces conspiring against anything good that have been at work for a very long time. While some of them remain hidden, some are not. Only by strictly following God and his prophets can we avoid falling into transgression and receive the protection upon which we depend. Protection from the Lord Jesus Christ. In the end, humble yourself. Be willing to do what God asks. And then he will open the windows of heaven to you. If you have desires to serve, you can do great things to build the kingdom. You need not wait and trust in the Lord. Pressure that comes from men will not last.
We appreciate all the support for the Word Preacher podcast. Uh, we invite you to uh, look forward to our next podcast, which will cover sections six through nine. We'll talk a little bit more about translating by revelation. There's a lot of stuff we did not cover in sections three through five for this coming week. Please study that individually and with your family. And of course, as always, fight on. Thank you.